Hey there, obsessive viewerites, Tiny here. The first thing you're going to notice about this episode is that I am not in it. I know, I know, calm down. You're heartbroken that I'm not in it. Uh, unfortunately, I had a emergency I had to deal with. I manage a security account at an office building in downtown Indianapolis, and while we were recording, we had some pretty crazy weather come through. Uh, we almost had a tornado, and it proceeded to knock out the security systems at the building I work at. So obviously, I had to go deal with that. Uh, I couldn't put it off, and unfortunately, we could not reschedule. So unfortunately, I'm not there. But uh, do not worry, we had a guest on. Our good friend Chris Spangle, uh, who runs the podcast uh, We Are Libertarians, and he has a website called WeAreLibertarians.com. He was able to come on, and uh, he wanted to talk about uh, the fall TV season. Um, he's a big fan of TV, just like uh, all of us are, and uh, we thought it'd be great to have him on. Uh, definitely check out their podcast and their website. If you are politically inclined at all, you will find it really interesting. I know they've influenced me a lot. They're really smart guys. They know what they're talking about. And uh, they're really funny, too. So you're going to enjoy it. So definitely check them out. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the latest episode of the Obsessive Viewer Podcast with Matt, Mike, and Tiny, who unfortunately had to uh, go to work because uh, he has work commitments. Um, his second job, though, right? Yes, yes. Because this is his first job. It's his day job until the yeah. until the podcast takes off. But um, but so it's just me and Mike today, and then we're joined with uh, Chris Spangle of We Are Libertarians. Um, Spangle, how you doing? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming. Yeah. Do you? Uh, it almost it almost sounded like you introduced the show. Welcome to We Are Libertarians for this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was almost, almost, that almost yeah. slipped I out. gotta admit, it's a catchy intro. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. So how do you guys know each other? Because you guys know, are aware of, you were aware of each other's existence uh, outside the realm of podcast world. Is, is yeah. that correct? Ba- barely. Um, yeah. I am, I grew up and went to high school and church with Greg Lenz, a mutual friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, there's this guy who wants to get into podcasting. Can he come over and stare at you for two <laughs> hours as you do podcasting? And I said, sure, no problem. Yeah. Uh, so I've been, I'm the unofficial technical consultant of the Obsessive Viewer. That's true. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Your equipment is actually what we used to record the very first episode. And uh, That is true. Yeah. So yeah I and it was that. weird. There was yeah. no sound, actually, because you can't record sound with somebody's balls. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I have a podcasting network, the WAL Radio Network, based on We Are Libertarians, which is a podcast about libertarianism uh, that Greg is on and a few others, Greg, of the first episode of The Obsessed Viewer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can check us out at wearelibertarians.com. So that's uh, the podcast that we do weekly and, uh, you know, all this fine equipment that we've got here that works so well. Yeah. Goes that, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I I listen to it as much as I can. I mean, and I love it. It's it's really it's really fun for someone who's not even that politically plugged in as I am. I just I like listening to the conversations and all that, and it makes me feel a little bit more informed and makes me want to become more informed. So, yeah, we try not to be too stodgy. We're we're a group of friends. We all like and enjoy each other's company most of the time. 
when we don't, you can kind of tell. <laughs> yeah. it makes so we are a shy group of people. We will tell you that we hate you right on the air. Punches have been thrown several times on the podcast. Like uh, audio punches? Do you know, like literal physical punches. <laughs> I've had to, I've been, I've been the victim of abuse myself, uh, and at the hands of one of our co-hosts, Maya. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a fun show. It's not just, you know, your typical boring chat. Right. It's definitely, yeah. definitely entertaining and definitely, definitely fun. Now, to to. what I'm confused about though is if you guys are all recording together, Aren't you, aren't you not allowed to talk in a library? Like, if you're a librarian, aren't you not allowed to talk? Boo. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a, uh, it's a soft, that was a softball. I, I had to take a slide. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, it got a chuckle out of me, man. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so the, do you, I guess that's not the first time you've heard that joke. <laughs> no, no. I was the, uh, the executive director of the state libertarian party for work and, ah. and I've worked as a libertarian related job for the last five years. So I've heard them all. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I promise that will be the last. <laughs> hey, why don't you move to Liberia? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I got to trash these notes. Um. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I just ruined all your jokes, didn't I? I know, it was yeah. our first hour of the podcast. Yeah, I had like, I'm out of material. Yeah, I had like 15 minutes on the Dewey Decimal System, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we get into the topic at hand? Where today we're discussing the fall TV season. And uh, uh, Spangle, I know that you have watched a lot of the new shows. Um, I kind of wanted to get kind of your feedback on what, what should we watch and what shouldn't we watch. Because... Uh, there's, this is the time when everyone kind of jumps into a new show or stands by a sinking show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, my, my viewing habits really. I shouldn't have cable. I just watch the uh, the Impractical Jokers on Truth TV, just mm-hmm. one of the funniest TV shows on television, and then a lot of stuff on Comedy Central. And that's kind of on cable. That's all I really watch. Yeah. Uh, I, in the rest of the time, I watch all the brand new TV shows. I set the DVR, and I'm it's eight thirty-seven in the evening, and I'm sure the DVR is rolling on two programs, and uh, you know I'll catch up with them. So I, I watch I watch them all, good or bad, and uh, you know there are a few like the neighbors that I'll give one episode to, and then go, I'm never watching that again. Yeah. Uh, but then there are those that you kind of fall in love with, like the Goldbergs. Mm-hmm. You say, all right, well, this is much must-view watching. Okay. Uh, now, this is – I'm, I'm kind of getting off topic a little bit, but uh, the way you describe your watching habits, are you – would you be an advocate for, like, uh, a la carte payment for TV channels? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know how difficult that could be for the cable companies, but, right. uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it, it's sort of – if you had that system where you only paid for the couple channels you watch, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever would have found the Impractical Jokers on True TV because that's not something True. I would pay for normally. True. You know? And so when you hear about something on the radio or a friend tells you about it or you see something on Facebook and it's on a channel that you wouldn't have, then you're just not going to check it out. So it would kind of narrow your viewing habits. But um, So I don't know. I probably would take take all the channels I possibly could. Okay. Hmm. Gotcha. That's a good. That's a good uh, way to look at it because there's a lot of stuff that 
a lot of people wouldn't find if they didn't just happen happen across it or, or just channel surfing. But even channel mm-hmm. surfing is kind of a turning into something that it 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 never used to be pretty much because like people are finding stuff on the internet and, and yeah. they're finding it's basically the word of mouth has shifted from the water cooler to the internet in pretty much every cultural facet or whatever that you can hey, that you can think of back in my day growing up uh in the 90s we only had a hundred tv channels <laughs> and so you could surf through those hundred tv channels on comcast cable and now i have dish uh, i live in an apartment complex that packages their own cable but it's dish basically yeah, and had the same that thing. and a DVR means that channel surfing doesn't exist anymore. I don't channel surf. I'm not going to go through all thousand TV channels on the Dish Network. And right. uh, I, I'm, if I'm going to spend time watching TV, it's going to be on the DVR watching the stuff that I've got recorded. So right. I think the opportunity for discovery, like back in our day when we were kids, it's just not there anymore. I agree. I sure. definitely agree. Um, which is which is a shame because it's kind of there's certainly opportunity for it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I didn't watch Friends live until the third or fourth season, but I remember seeing it on reruns. And that and does I don't know that anybody watches reruns anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, right? I mean, syndication yeah. is syndication exists, and there's still big syndication deals happening. In fact, did you guys see uh, FX just did a deal with The Simpsons? Yeah. Uh, Which was, I thought was, was interesting. Pretty, that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, I uh, watch... I, the only time I watch reruns are when I've not seen the show. So The Big Bang Theory, for instance, I never really watched because it didn't look like something that I'd like. And a coworker forced me to watch one episode. And it wasn't that great. And then I watched another one. And Sheldon was extraordinary. And I got hooked. And I've seen everyone like 40 times on TBS, but I don't DVR it anymore. You know, I kind of ran it into the ground. But occasionally you'll want to check out an old Seinfeld or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not like when we were kids where, you know, you'd watch Roseanne again because that's the only way you're going to catch Roseanne or, you know, yep. one of these shows in the summertime when they're running the, the season over again. Exactly. Yeah. And it's shows shows were made or broken by syndication after yeah, so long. Absolutely. And it's turned into a thing where it's changed in, in the way that um like now you say like they would rerun it in the summer. That's a concept that's completely foreign to people now because then now they have summer seasons of shows and uh different different shows are premiering in the summer, so it's not there's no time to rerun an entire season of television. Right. If you're asking me if I want to see, you know, a rerun of Last Manning Standing uh, or, or the Middle versus watching Under the Dome, I want to watch Under the Dome. Right. Mm-hmm. Always, uh, always gonna do the new stuff. Um, yeah. Even though Under the Dome was just hit or miss for me. <laughs> <laughs> you tried so hard to make that a thing. I wanted to love it. I wanted it I know, to be the next lost. I, I, that was a, a fan favorite here in our household. Really? That's good. Yeah. I mean, it had its moments, but did you read the, did you read the novel beforehand? I, I didn't. Okay. I don't want it to spoil the TV show for me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> they, they make a lot of different choices. Like there's, it's, it's a very loose adaptation, but just having the, having the knowledge of the book beforehand kind of hampered the TV 
the TV version of it for me because, I mean, right. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so just the way he writes his characters, it just jumped out of the page for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a detriment to my TV viewing of it. But huh. it Will you watch it come the second season? Yeah, I will, because I, I reviewed every episode on the blog at obsessiveviewer.com. You guys can find it. But, <laughs> but I've, I've reviewed every episode there, so I'll probably do the same next season. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, so how about the fall, the fall season now? What are, what are you guys watching, like, right now? Like, what's your standout show? Uh, Spangle, you mentioned the Goldbergs? Yeah, they're uh, sort of the way that I judge these shows is when I sit down at, at the end of the day to just relax and watch some TV, what do I want to watch first? What do I turn on first? And a lot of time, it, a lot of times it's sitcoms. And this year, the sitcom really made a comeback. And there were a lot of sitcoms this year, uh, and, and really not as many of the you know hour-long dramas. And you know, the more uh, CSIs and SVUs and those kind of things that disappear off the lineup, it opens up more space for some of these shows. And I've really liked uh, several of the sitcoms. I would say the Goldbergs and the Millers, based on two wacky families, have been probably my favorite new shows. Uh, the Goldbergs has, uh, what's his name? Jeff Garland. Okay. You recognize him from Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it's great because the two sons, Adam Goldberg, if you Googled him and you saw his face, you'd recognize him. I couldn't tell you what he's been in. Uh, he's really big on Vine. <laughs> but he, it's about his family growing up in the 80s and his character and his older brother's character, they basically do an impression of Jeff Garland yelling the whole episode. And it's just really funny because the two kids nail it. I mean, they're just constantly yelling at each other. There's all kinds of silliness going on. It's it's really funny. And then the Millers has, uh, he's, he was in Arrested Development, Will Arnett. Oh, yep. okay. And uh, Arnett and his sister get a visit from their parents. Their parents break up, and one moves into the sister's house, one moves into the da- into the into Will's house, and it's just, it, it's funny. So, that sounds it's, you know, last week was about their sex life, and <laughs> the brother and sister in their middle 40s, and the parents are trying to handle the divorce as if they're eight. So... <laughs> It's really, uh, it's a good show. So those are two that really, when I sit down and I see them, I, I play them first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Cool. That's cool. Matt, what about you? Uh, well, I, I always, I, I'm in the habit of just kind of overloading, overloading my docket with, with, uh, with TV series, um, that I always fall behind on and I have to play catch up. And then I usually like, I referenced in an earlier episode of the podcast and I got, I finished up the most recent season of Game of Thrones like a month or two after it ended, which is a horrible decision because I have to navigate like a minefield of spoilers. But, um, as for right now, I'm trying to do better with that. So I've been watching, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine with, uh, Andy Samberg and, uh, uh, Joe Lotruglio. I think uh-huh. that's his name. Yeah. Give me uh, what you got. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but them, and then, uh, also Terry Crews is in it. He's, he's hilarious. Um, also Andre Brower. Um, One of my all-time favorite actors. He's great. Homicide On. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
He was also great in The Mist. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, and it's it's a really funny show. It's basically a cop show, but it's it's a workplace comedy, kind of like Parks and Rec or The Office. It's actually. Um, the executive producer and some of the writers come from Parks and Rec, so it has a very Parks and Rec feel. Um, mm-hmm. To the point where the actual like first few episodes, there's some uh, some of the characters are just basically like copy and pasted archetypes from Parks and Rec. <laughs> like there's basically like a Jerry or, or um, an April kind of version. But as the series has progressed, they've become their own thing. They've they've gradually shed shed away from that from that. Um, it it has an amazing cast, and it's helmed by Andy Samberg, who I can't stand, who I think is he, he, the dick in the box and all those SNL work. People seem to love all that stuff, but I have never found him funny at all. And I think he's the worst thing about that show, um, which is unfortunate because he's the lead. They built it around him. Right. But yeah. the amount of people in that show that are great really saves it. You know, it's it's really a, a good show. So I agree. I mean, even even down to like the older, fatter, whiter cops <laughs> who are sitting in the back of the room. It's like the guy from Big Love, the the guy who co-owned the home store with Bill from Big Love. Okay. Like even he he doesn't get any screen time at all, but he's a great actor too. Yeah, those they're kind of they're kind of almost they're near background characters. Like they have like little bits and pieces where they kind of play up some of their parts, but they're not central figures in any of the episodes yet. Um, yeah, like Chelsea Peretti, who kind of played the April-type character. Yeah. Which we're talking about. She's great. Mm-hmm. She was kind of annoying at first, but I've, I've grown to grown to like her. Like, the last episode I saw was they uh, they had pie-eating contests or something, or uh, uh, a food tasting or whatever for pies in the, in the precinct, and, uh, like, she was just playing up uh, playing against um, Charles, who is played by Joe Lutruglio, who's fantastic in the show. Um, but it was just—it was just funny to see how she operates because she's trying to get him to to t- say that the girl that he likes, her pie isn't that good, and he she's trying she's coercing him to do that. And it's just really funny to see her play those kind of power power things. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a good show. I definitely recommend it. Um, Mike, how about you? What have you been watching? Um, well, I'm going to talk about a show that we've talked about plenty of times on this podcast, but it is a new fall season, so let's bring it up. Uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Matt, of course, I know you're a fan. Uh, Chris, do you watch? I've seen a few episodes. I've tried. It just doesn't, just doesn't do anything for me. Gotcha. See? Gotcha. How, uh, how much of it have you watched, if you don't mind me asking? I watched. And, like, and, and when was it? Where, uh, what season, if you, if you remember? I, I started to get into the beginning of the first season, and I probably got about halfway through the first season, and I just kind of gave up. Okay. That's fair. It probably yeah. took me two seasons to love it. Yeah, that's true. And I remember, like, we were texting each other, and I was trying to, yeah. like, why doesn't he love it yet? What What's the deal? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember what I was comparing it to in the first season, but I, I, I remember it taking me a while, and I was just resisting. There are shows like that, like Arrested Development, everybody raves about, and I I start to watch it, and I'm just like, I just can't get, I just can't get into it. I can't get past the first few episodes, and I don't have time for this. I have things like Blacklist to watch, so you know, so I've tried. 
Um, I may give it another shot and end up loving it. But if not, not a huge, if any, if anything, you got to give Arrested another shot for yeah. sure. It's yeah, it's brilliant, and it like but I anyway. The first season, <laughs> sorry, sorry, just a quick tangent. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, uh, I love the first season of Arrested Development, but the second season is like like near perfect to me. The way that it brings yeah. out brings everything together and is is all interconnected is just just genius. But but yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, how I met your mother. So yeah, how I met your mother. I got a couple things to say about it. We have met the mother, of course. We met her at the end of the last season, Chris yes. Miliati. I think she's been great. She has been given the little work she's had to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I think she's fantastic. I think she's funny. I think she's quirky, uh, which Ted needs painfully so. <laughs> he really does. Someone to be weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, I wonder what is up with Jason Siegel and why they made the decision they made for him this year. I, I had. If you don't, if listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, he, uh, the the whole entire. Final season, season eight of How I Met Your Mother takes place at the wedding, at uh, Barney and Robin's wedding. And Marshall could not get the flight out from his parents' house in Minnesota to uh, to Farhampton to, to make the wedding. So he's shown in uh, just like side stories driving but, his uh, way in. What, sure, what were you going to sure, say, Matt? I was just going to say, well, it's it's – Part of me thinks that it's it's just a way for them to figure out um, to to basically break up the monotony of the the Farhampton sets because they're in uh-huh. the hotel and all that. But another part of me kind of suspects that I know I think it was like uh, around the fifth or sixth season, I believe that Jason Siegel had had said like in interviews and stuff that well I'll like my contract is up after two more seasons so after that I'll probably quit or something like that. So I kind of pursue puppetry. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I kind of get the feeling that maybe he was he was uh, maybe he negotiated something where he doesn't have quite as much time on set as everyone gotcha. else. Gotcha. But I mean, like the most recent episode had was pretty much an entire back uh, flashback episode to, uh-huh. uh, about six months before the current uh, timeline, um, mm-hmm. and he was very he was featured fairly heavily in it. He's had. He's had storylines with uh, with uh, Sherry Shepard. Um, yeah. Who I also like. I think Sherry Shepard's been pretty funny. You know, the internet hates her uh, on the show. Uh, really? Yeah. But I, I haven't had a problem with her. I think it's, Well, the internet is a lot of things. <laughs> Racist. Can you, uh, yeah, can you name one thing where the internet likes something other than yeah. cats and porn? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, the internet loves community, but... That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Um, I think that they are retroactively building Robin and Barney's relationship. Uh, I think they know that it's a little thin, so they're, I mean, clearly this last episode that just aired last week, uh, I guess by the time this episode airs, it will be two Mondays ago. Uh, the, what is that? The 11th, November 11th. Um, it was the episode Platonish. Yes. And, and it went back and showed, uh, that, Kristen Miliati, the mother, is one of the uh, big influential factors in getting uh, Barney to decide to propose to Robin. But there's but there's just a lot of things this season where they're being very cutesy, and I think it's an attempt to make sure we get it that they're for real because people, uh, again, on the Internet uh, were complaining that they didn't 
believe them so much, maybe. Yeah, I was one of those people. I, I didn't buy it. I thought it was kind of just a quick thing that they knew that they were running out of time to, to yeah. progress it. But is it working for you now? You know, it kind of is. It's it's kind of it's working for me, especially with the introduction <laughs> of uh, the mother good. being kind of a central catalyst for Barney, kind of there. Good, but, good, good. Yeah, but although it makes me wonder, like, does does the mother notice Barney at the reception because she plays in the wedding? But yeah, I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, I also don't like that this is the fourth or fifth time that Ted has realized that he's not over Robin. I'm kind of tired of that. Yeah, me too. Um, I get that it makes sense for a final season, but then they shouldn't have done it every season for the last three seasons. I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, uh, and then finally, I think all the hotel clerks that they get are have been fantastic. They've been great. Just hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um. So it's good. Uh, there's, yeah. what are they, eight season, eight episodes in, nine episodes in? Yeah. Um, it's good enough. I'm excited to see how the rest of the season goes. Kind of looking forward to it being over, which I know is the general consensus about it anyway. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yep. Um, Spangle, I know you haven't watched, haven't watched it, but, um, you guys, did you guys hear that they're going to, they, CBS gave a pilot order for How I Met Your Dad? No. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awful. You know, you know um, uh, let me say this, Matt. I remember when um, the 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 finale last season aired, and you did a big write up about it, about what you you know your predictions, what you thought about it, what you think will happen, and then you were excited that this season will be drastically different, and you will definitely be able to notice a season nine episode. Is it nine? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a season nine episode over any other episode. And you thought that perhaps they would switch to the mother's perspective. Yeah. I don't think this is that different from any other season. It's it's not. It's just location. But the with the spinoff, they're not actually, it's not going to be any connection story, story-wise to gotcha. the original series. Which Good. I, that's something that I think is kind of interesting is that um, I think it could work. I honestly do. Um you, if you go back and it's it's a standard sitcom formula. Um, mm-hmm. As much as it, as much as I love the series, it's it's still pretty standard sitcom fare. And you're going to peel off a certain portion of the audience, so they're not going to bring in none of the characters are going to exist from How I Met Your Mother into How I Met Your Dad. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And uh, sure. And plus. And the most important thing is that it won't affect the finale of How I Met Your Mother because there's not going to be any crossovers or anything like that. So that's yep. the most important thing to me. Like with when Breaking Bad was ending and I knew that they were going to try to make a Saul spinoff, I was like, oh, are they going to do that? Yeah. And then when Friends ended and they just didn't yeah. have a resolution to Joey because they were going to give him a new show, that was just... Yeah, thanks. I was going to make a joke about Marshall divorcing <laughs> Lily and moving out to L.A. to pursue an acting career. I mean, spinoffs and sequels don't really seem to happen much anymore. Is there even anything on television right now that would be a spinoff or a sequel? Well, they did Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, but that's true. That seems like it's destined for <laughs> cancellation here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. American Dad. I yeah. guess that's a spinoff. If, if you can count Cleveland Show, that's kind Cleveland of it. Show was. Yeah. yeah. All of those CSI things are, yeah. were. But, I mean, oh. they just recently, I think they, they canceled CSI New York, didn't they? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, as far as 
I'm looking at TV by the numbers. The only shows canceled this year so far, uh, Back in the Game, Lucky 7, We Are Men, American Dad's Moving to TBS, huh. Ironside, and Welcome to the Family. Huh. Wow, I'm not, I'm so out of the loop with TV. I, those, none of those were on my radar. Yeah, Back in the Game has James Caan in it, and I've really liked that a lot. Uh, we Are Men had uh, the fat kid from Stand By Me and Tony Shalhoub, and it was it was funny. It was funny for the one episode that it aired. Uh, and then Welcome to the Family, which was uh, two teenagers get pregnant, their families are mashed together, the dads hate each other. Right. You know, it was it it was okay. I mean, it wasn't anything to write home about. Back in the game is not. It, it's still airing. They're just going to let it run out the the season. They're going to show all the episodes like we're men they just took it off immediately same with yeah. welcome to the family and they put in uh you know in we're men's case they just put in a, another back order or they put in the back episodes of uh the big bang theory huh. and it's going to make way more money but back in the game's going to finish out its run and it, it's kind of like a nice little story and it's not a bad show um but it's it's canceled already so I'll, uh, and if, in case you're curious on what's been renewed already, Bob's Burgers nice. and The Simpsons, uh, because animation takes a long time. Glee has been renewed, and Sleepy Hollow has been renewed. So, okay. uh, Make out, uh, New Girl, or not New Girl, sorry, um, <laughs> Two Broke Girls, still not canceled. Oh, oh Two Broke still, Girls is still not canceled. Is a great show. Are you picking on Two Broke Girls? <laughs> I can't. I can't read sarcasm over the. Oh, this is no, I'm dead serious. I love that show. Really? Yes. Oh, I wish Tiny were here. <laughs> oh, I would take Tiny down. I have no dog in this fight, but you guys can go right ahead. <laughs> oh, you have a dog. You've got a little Chihuahua. I, listen, <laughs> it's it's one it's one sassy vagina joke after another, but <laughs> it is a good show. Yeah, the whole show is one sassy vagina joke. <laughs> That is true, but who doesn't and then, love and then an Asian guy? racial joke? Hey, he Han is little, and it's <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I do like that show. Uh, the new girl's a great show. The Blacklist is. Have you guys watched The Blacklist? No, but I uh -oh. love James Spader. Uh -oh. It's got James Spader in it, and he is uh, going. He's like one of the world's most infamous criminals, moving behind the scenes. And he has this blacklist of criminals that he turns into the FBI. And he has worked out a deal, and he's working with an FBI agent, whom we believe to be possibly his daughter. So we'll find that out maybe at some point this season, whether or not he is. But it's a really, really good show. Uh, it's it's sort of, if you, if you watch Person of Interest, it's sort of along like the Person of Interest line with, know the government intrigue and the suspense and the action so very very good show mm -hmm. and that's that's probably going to get renewed that's one of the better new shows this season nice um yeah another one that I, have you guys watched uh the crazy ones with robin miller robin miller <laughs> think of the racing guy uh robin williams uh i haven't but i've heard like yeah, Radio it's on the DVR. I it, it was the same week the Michael J. Fox show aired, and I and I had to make a choice, and I went with Michael J. Fox show. Yeah, I, the, that's very funny that you kind of put those two that the same way. They're very 
they're well done shows. They've got good casts. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you have a lot of promise for the two of them, but then you sort of go, eh, I don't really want to watch that. Yeah. The Michael J. Fox show is good, but it's just sort of like, I'll let two or three episodes build up before I watch them. Mm-hmm. And it's because I'm kind of not interested in it. Yeah, I was, I gotta say, I was, uh, pretty let down and not necessarily impressed. I love Michael J. Fox. Uh, listeners know, of course, my favorite movie is Back to the Future, but, um, this is, is not, it's not great. (laughs) You you tune in, you tune in kind of for the morbid curiosity. Yeah. At at first. And you hope that the show's going to be worth it and you're going to stick around. And honestly, I'm I'm not deleting it from the DVR list, but it's mm-hmm. not one of my go-tos when I sit down. I, and I, I appreciate of... I appreciate that they don't shy away from the Parkinson's thing. I I really think that's awesome. But I end up finding that the best jokes are really the only funny jokes are the Parkinson's jokes, and the rest of the show is kind of lacking. Exactly right. Yeah. Same uh... campy setup. Same silly uh, sitcom premises. And, yeah, that's sort of the only funny parts where you really laugh out loud are the Michael J. Uh, is the Parkinson's jokes. Yeah. Um, the crazy ones, if you were to put the two against each other, as the networks have, and you had to choose one for your DVR, I'd go with the crazy ones because it's funnier. Yeah. Uh, you know, even some of the ad libs that Robin Williams does are, are pretty funny, and they leave them in there. So <laughs> it's a decent little show. Okay. Yeah. I, uh... the, other, the other one that is funny and is sort of like the same joke over and over is super fun night okay, with uh rebel wilson rebel wilson rebel wilson yeah and a lot of lot of fat jo- a lot of fat jokes a lot of awkward jokes she nearly lost her virginity last week uh you know <laughs> and she was really awkward and and goofy and that's sort of the charming part of the show but uh, I would say that's one of my, I'd probably put that up where, there with the Goldbergs and the Millers as far as my favorite, you know, sitcoms for the season go. Okay. Hmm. Um, cool. Going back to Michael J. Fox real quick, I actually watched the pilot episode tonight before we recorded, and it, like, I, I'll agree with everything you guys said, but something that kind of stuck out to me was that what, I probably won't follow through with it anymore. I probably won't watch any more of it. But it's mostly because they didn't really make an effort to really develop any of any of the other characters. Um, no. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like it was basically like, here's Michael J. Fox, here's his Parkinson's, here's his daughter who has this assignment, and then here's his son who dropped out of college to start his own company. And then that's pretty much it. Like they don't really touch on what his wife is doing. They don't, they hint at something with the, with uh, the, his wife's sister, but they don't really follow through on a lot of stuff. And it kind of, it what it didn't feel like what a pilot should have been because a pilot should have given not necessarily equal time to all the characters, but it should have introduced, introduced them better. Um, mm-hmm. Cause they, and, and that- that's really continued throughout the the series. I mean, there's oh, yeah. not a lot of interesting arcs to the show, and there's not. It's just not interesting or surprising anything that they're doing, and the characters are just sort of doing the same thing that they were doing the episode before. You know, okay, well, what is the sun? What goofy, stupid thing is the sun doing this week? That's not going to pan out. Right. What sort of sassy prank is the daughter playing this week? You know, what goofy wind-up 
you know, <laughs> drunken thing is, is the sister doing this week. There's just not a lot of, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't work. And I think you're right. It's not like Brooklyn nine, nine where it has this great cast. And even if you don't like the lead character, like I do, I, I don't, uh, it still has enough in the A story and the A and the B story and the characters are interesting and well, well played. And it's just, yeah, it's just not a good show. Right. Yeah. And with as much TV as there is these days, we can't really afford to stick with it because, I mean, I love Michael J. Fox, um, but, I mean, he deserves better. He deserves a better vehicle for his talents. Totally. Totally. Um, Now, Matt, I know you don't watch this show. Chris, do you watch Parenthood? I don't, no. See, that's one of those shows that I, I hear a lot of great things about, and it gets a lot of critical raving, mm-hmm. but I just don't feel like it's something I could jump into right now, so it's something that I'm going to go, all right, well, once it's on Netflix, I'll binge on it for a weekend. Right. Yeah. I think it is. I think is. at least the first two seasons are. Are they not? I think the first four or five are. The first four? Okay, I think they're in season five right now, okay. but... So, yeah, um, definitely the first four seasons are on Netflix. Yeah. I, been... I feel the same way about Revolution, too. Like, I really want to watch Revolution, but I'd have to cancel one of my i'd have to cancel one of my dvr subscriptions for something better right yeah and I, i'm so far behind in it at this point that i'll just wait for it all on netflix in like two years yeah the first season of revolution is on netflix now and i've wanted to watch it because um like i mentioned earlier i'm a huge Stephen king fan and i wanted to i wanted i wanted under the dome to be the next lost because i'm also a huge lost fan who the writers have said that the, the writers of lost have said that they drew a lot of inspiration from stephen king like they had a copy of the stand in the writer's room at all times but mm-hmm. um what i didn't anticipate was that under the dome i wanted it to be the next lost i wanted it to be <laughs> yes you did but <laughs> i feel like revolution might be more to my liking for that um and i wanted under the dome to be a good Stephen King show, but I think Revolution is that for me. I mean, I haven't watched it, so I can't speak to it, but I've heard really good things. And they've even had, um, I've noticed like they, they, they drew, um, or I read that they drew a lot of inspiration from Stephen King. Um, in particular, the season finale of season one is called the dark tower, which, uh, that just every time I see that just in the listing or whatever, I'm like, I really want to see that, even though I know that it's not The Dark Tower, because The Dark Tower is a series of novels by Stephen King. Um, but I just, I just, it makes me want to see it. So I've been, I've been dragging my feet with, with checking it out, like that and Parenthood, which I wanted to watch Parenthood after I watched Friday Night Lights, but I just didn't get around to it. Yeah. Um, um, Parenthood is a time commitment, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for me, at least, anything that's not Breaking Bad is really hard to get into for an hour long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's awesome. I, I really, it's, um, you know, obviously, you know what it's about. It's about parenthood. But uh, th- there's not a whole lot of characters that I dislike. Uh, that's not true. Uh, w- one of the couples is, is pretty uninteresting. They're kind of like the newer couple okay. and dealing with young children. And, and they're kind of boring. Um but man, Dax Shepard as Crosby is fantastic on the show. One of my favorite aspects of the show uh, is when um, Peter Krause and Dax Shepard, they play brothers. Uh, the, 
Adam Braverman and uh, Crosby Braverman, and they have opened up a recording studio called The Luncheonette. Uh, and it and it hits me on two levels. One, I'm a musician, uh, and those are the most interesting stories to me is when they're dealing with artists or dealing with record companies and, and trying to make decisions based on their recording studio. And the other thing is that they're brothers, and I'm a brother. I have a brother. It's, I, I grew up with my brother, uh, no other siblings. And, and it's just so anytime they have brother moments, it, it hits me on a level that, that none of the other characters do. Um, so I would I would watch a luncheonette spinoff show. Um, I know you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but listeners, if you watch Parenthood, let's try to get this uh, Braverman luncheonette spinoff show off the ground. Um, it has, but it's it really has great. great. Yeah, it has a great cast, and it seems to be one of the few TV shows on on regular TV today that really just shoots for the heartstrings. Oh, every episode. Yeah, every episode, every every other show is a suspenseful show, a comedy show, a reality show, or you know, it's it's a procedural where they're trying to get everything wrapped up in an hour. That seems to be like a I don't want to say a soap opera because it's not like Scandal or Betrayal or one of those right. shows. It's right. just different. I, I, maybe the only other show on TV that compares with it is Modern Family, I, where it's so fun. You took the words out of my mouth. It's the hour yeah. version. Of Modern Family, right? Huh. And they're just going. They're going for the uh, seventh heaven vote there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I've heard that about uh, about it. Kind of everyone, except not as wholesome. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It, it, it's maybe they'll do some of that sort of stuff on HBO, like a big love type show. But yeah. you don't see a lot of shows like Parenthood on regular basic television anymore. No. Yeah. Like I've heard, like every anytime a new episode airs, like there are tweets that are like, "Oh my god, I'm crying because of Parenthood." And I'm like, "What's going on, guys?" Yeah. Um, but and it, like Mike, what you said about the the brother aspect that appeals to me because I'm I'm a sibling too. I have a brother and a sister, and I kind of I love that kind of when that dynamic is used and 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 that narrative device or whatever is used as a narrative device in a, in a show. Like that's one mm-hmm. of the main reasons why I loved wings as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'll have to check that out. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, yeah, I, I would recommend it. If you're, if you're looking for something, uh, like you said, Chris, it isn't so procedural. Um, then you just, you just want some good family drama. It's, it's entertaining as, as those kinds of shows can get. That's for sure. Um, and it, it, since we're talking about new fall TV, um, I'll just update listeners who don't know that Crosby is dealing with a new baby, which is pretty hilarious because <laughs> he doesn't love the baby yet. Uh, and I find that to be pretty funny. I imagine that's the kind of parent I'll be. And uh, um, Adam's wife is running for mayor. Uh, and it's just interesting to see that dynamic. So really like it. Good so far. I'm about three episodes behind this season, but uh, looking forward to catching up on those. Nice. Okay. Um, Spangle, you mentioned Person of Interest earlier. Do you watch that? I love that show, yeah. yeah. Okay. It, 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 it basically predicted the NSA spying leaks years <laughs> before it came out. It's, oh, yeah. it's a J.J. Abrams show, and it's, it's really well done. I love the characters, and it's gotten really good this season. Nice. I'm I'm a huge huge fan of Michael Emerson, um, so I've I've wanted to I've wanted to see him in something new, 
I just haven't gotten around to checking out Person of Interest. They're in their third season? I think this is the fourth. Which one is Michael Emerson? Uh, he's he's the guy that I guess he created the device. Um, Finch, okay, yeah, yeah. He's he he was in he was featured heavily in. Uh, he was the best, second or first best actor on Lost, bringing it back to Lost. Caviezel is great. It's just it's a fantastic action show. I mean, it's it's got great action to it. This year they've added in one other character, a female John, basically a female uh, version of uh, Jim Caviezel's character. And they've gone after this group called HR, and next next episode, I don't know if it's the last episode of the season or what, but every criminal in the city is coming after one of the characters. And it just, it ended this last episode, you're going, oh, I cannot wait for next week. It's one of the few shows that really kind of does that to you, where you're just like, oh, I cannot wait to see this next week. Nice. You know, the, black, the Blacklist always kind of wraps everything up tidily, and the procedurals like SVU do that as well. That is one show that you really just go, oh, come on, move. Let's get to the next episode. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out, because and I also really like Jim Caviezel. He's an actor who I, I, I'm glad to see he's he's doing something. Like he, I'm glad to see who, that he's working, I guess. Um Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, he's a, he's a very talented guy, and I'm glad that he's got steady work. I mean, after I think after Passion of the Christ, he kind of dropped off. Um, yeah. yeah, being a Christian conservative in Hollywood, I I doubt, I doubt that helps your career very much. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, except for the lady on the middle. I mean, that she seems to be doing fine. But oh, yeah. do you guys watch Scandal? That is another show that really I just go, oh, I cannot wait to see what happens next week. Really, I have not seen Scandal. I haven't seen it either. It's about a uh, like a political, or it's like a. It's based on a real woman, actually, Lisa oh. Miller, and she was uh, a spinmeister for the uh, Bush Senior Bush uh, H.W. White House, and she got into TV development at, at some point, and uh, they started. They were kicking around ideas for a show. And one of them said, well, why not a show about your life? And she just was like, my life is not that interesting. <laughs> and uh, it, it turns out it is because Carrie Washington, who was in a movie I watched today, Django Unchained, uh, she, she's fantastic in it. And she has an affair with the president. And it's, it's a great soap show. You know, it is a, it is a soap opera. It is. My wife and I love watching it together. If I watch it without her, I'm in trouble. So it's a very, very good show. You know, it's not over the top. I mean, sometimes it's just like, oh, come on. Enough with the romance stuff. (laughs) But uh, that's what the ladies like. It's sort of like revenge in that respect. But revenge has just sort of gotten really boring. Has it? I've stopped it even, you know, I've got it on the DVR. I'll probably watch it. But like last season and this season with Revenge, I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, but the two shows that my wife loved more than any other show is uh, Revenge and Nashville. Okay. Mm. So, Nashville is that is that on network or is that on cable? It's on ABC, okay. and it is. Uh, it's in I think it's second season and may limp to a third, <laughs> and it's got Hayden Panettiere and uh, I don't know. It's it's got several good actors, good music. Um, it's it's a nice little soapy, hour long show. 
hate Penny Thierry. <laughs> oh, I'm a fan of hers. Um, <laughs> I might have to watch it just just so I have a good eye. And she does, she does not disappoint, my friend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she will make it worth your while. <laughs> That's definitely good to know. Um, you also mentioned Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and, and Once Upon a Time. Do you watch either of those? Because I haven't watched them, but again... My go-to. I'm not a 13-year-old girl, so no, I have. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's does, uh, definitely doesn't sound like my. Listen, I just said I watched Nashville. I'm not gonna really go that right. way. But no, I've heard that Once Upon a Time is a really, really solid show. The spinoff I've heard is about to get canceled, though. Yeah, I've I've heard good things. My the way that I came to Once Upon a Time, I haven't watched it watched it or anything, but I kind of had this thing where. I saw on Twitter, like, oh, um, uh, Adam, uh, I can't remember their names, but, um, two of the, two of that, two of the writers from Lost were like, oh, they got a new, they have, they're show running a new show. Um, it's like Edward Kitsis and Adam something. But, um, so I was like, oh, oh my, I'm gonna watch it. That's gonna be amazing. And then it was like, <laughs> and then like the news broke, like, it's called Once Upon a Time. And I'm like, Okay, that sounds interesting. And then it's like, it's going to be about fairy tales. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> losing me here. Um, and then I found out that it's like literally about fairy tales or whatever. Um, but see, it, like, if you, do you guys watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Which is like a comic book show? Yes. I have thoughts on that, but. Yeah, yeah I don't. Why, why is that acceptable, but then the fairy tale one isn't? Come on, uh, Matt. Because we're nerds and we read comic books. <laughs> okay. All right. As long as you own it. But yeah. I just say, yeah, My, I'm with you. I mean, the fairy tale stuff, it's it's totally geared towards the female audience. Yeah. And we're not it. Right. And the only reason why I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually is because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, if those movies hadn't hooked me, I wouldn't have bothered with checking out the show. Which, the show has grown, like, I think I've, I've seen, like, five five of the episodes, I think. Um, and the second episode is just awful. Like, it, it plays out like just a crappy TV show. Um, but then as, I think, like, after that, they got their budget. So, <laughs> the, the special effects are much better. Um, and it, it's, it's interesting. The places that it's going is, is pretty interesting. Still kind of TV kind of thing, but, um, mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily the, the, the television version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I wanted it to be. Um, so it's not that grand, but it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun show and hopefully it'll grow and, and be its own thing. According to the Renew Cancel Index on TV by the Numbers, it is on the bubble along with the crazy ones, Two and a Half Men, and then whatever CW has on Rain and Tomorrow People. Huh. Does anybody watch CW? Like, is that still a no. thing? I, no. I can't, I can't believe it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, it's got, it's got, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Carrie Diaries, and then it's got a bunch of shows that are going to get renewed. Arrow, Heart of Dixie, The Original, Supernatural, and The Vampire Diaries. Oh, yeah. I guess people do watch videos. those. Yeah. What, are, what is this? Supernatural's got a following. Uh, I think The Carrie Diaries is actually kind of popular, and I think Arrow is as well. I've heard really good things about Arrow, actually, and I've been meaning to check it out. Yeah. I have seen a couple of the Supernatural on like TBS or something, and it did look pretty decent. It's it's funny because it seems like kind of a 
kind of a, a middle-aged housewife kind of show, like, oh, supernatural kind of beings and stuff like that, and kind of these, like, kind of scantily clad, super hot guys, like, kind of like True Blood kind of feel. But my former manager, <laughs> like, he raves about it. Like, he, he loves it. Um, I think if Hocus Pocus is your favorite Halloween movie, you'd like Supernatural. <laughs> That's a good plug for <laughs> One of my good friends really likes Supernatural. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and he was, he, like, we we went to uh, Detroit one time to see a concert, and, like, on the drive home, he was telling me all about it. I think he listens to the show, so, oh, nice. Dustin, when you listen to this, go ahead and give me a text. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, the whole drive home for, like, six hours, he's talking to me about uh, Supernatural and going through the whole series run. And I'm like, man, you know, it kind of sounds interesting, but I probably won't watch it. Oh, yeah, 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 but let me tell you about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you guys want me to run through the list of cancellation predicted just so you can hear if your favorite show might be on it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. First, sure. oh, yeah, that only include the CW shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, cancellation, cancellation predicted. We've got Betrayal, The Goldbergs, Nashville, The Neighbors, thank God, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Super Fun Night, Trophy Wife, which is another show that we haven't talked about but I like, okay. The Good Wife, Hostages, The Mentalist, Mom, Beauty and the Beast, The Carrie Diaries, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Dads, The Mindy Project, Raising Hope, Dracula, Michael J. Fox, Parenthood, Revolution, and Sean Saves the World. Huh. These are the cancellation predicted shows. I wonder how... I, I doubt that... Yeah, I, would I don't... That it's not. Those are like the... I bet those are... Uh, these aren't as successful as they hoped shows. With the, you know what I mean? Yeah. But in regards not, to not, not all of those, typically what will happen, not all of those will get canceled. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Nashville spent the whole season on this list last year and they got another chance. Right. But they underperform. And, uh, you know, shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because they've got so much money invested into it, they may take another run at a season, let it give, give it a chance to build. Yeah. The, Dads, which is actually a good show that I, I like. Dads is doing well in the ratings. It's just not bringing in as much revenue as they like. Mm-hmm. It, it may not get another run. So, with uh, so, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Fox is really committed to making it good or making it a hit. Like it wants it to be a hit because uh, mm-hmm. they actually gave it the the post post Super Bowl spot. Um, yeah, exactly. And shows like Trophy Trophy Wife are getting a lot of promotion. They're getting behind it. It's starting to go up in the ratings, so it probably won't get canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those shows along with the Goldbergs that, like, you just give that enough time, and they'll build an audience. They'll catch on. Right. But this is Hollywood we're talking about. They yeah, so you have, we have no idea. We can't really predict. <laughs> right. But with the... Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's there's some shows that some shows that I I always fall behind. Like I've I'll I'll discover a show after it's either after it's been canceled or after it's survived a season. Um, and it, it, I, it, part of that is because I've been burned in the past. I've been I've I've gotten hooked on a show the night that it airs, the night that it premieres, and then within a month it's canceled and gone forever. Um, yeah, I remember Four Kings back in college. Yeah. <laughs> I still sometimes remember, like, if I think of Chinese food or something, I'll think of, uh, I think it was Seth Green trying to 
go through the line at the, I think it was like a mall food court or something, uh, to get Chinese food. And like one of the guys is like, yeah, if you go and if you, if you, if you stall trying to decide if you want more or whatever, he'll just keep going more. So you can, they're, they're cheating the system. <laughs> yeah. But then I think Seth Green or one of the other guys, they couldn't figure out how to do it. So there's kind of this, the whole episode was like this inner battle between them. But, uh, yeah, that was a good show. But and also, there, if like, you go on, if you go on Netflix, the B in apartment 23, mm-hmm. and it had, uh, the Jesse's girlfriend that died yeah, in uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, with the black hair, and she was the B in apartment 23. And it was two or three seasons long, and it got canceled last year, and I laughed out loud <laughs> at it more than any other show because it was so inappropriate. Really? Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it was a, it was a great show, and I could not, you know, they've got this show that is just really funny, and it would catch on because it just has these quirky characters like James Vanderbeek played himself in the show you know and it just really I thought was going to be if they gave it enough time it, it'd catch on mm-hmm. you know, and they gave happy endings its slot and really tried to promote that abomination above anything else oh, whoa it, Matt <clears throat> how big is your dog <laughs> in this one I'm sorry. I liked that show. I watched every episode of it. But how many times do they have to douchebaggerize words before I just stop wanting to watch it? <laughs> I can I can see your point there, but I just loved I loved the. I thought it was clever. I thought it was clever, and it was some of the like the some of the sitcom stuff that was. It wasn't a normal sitcom. It was very yeah. It, very it was one of the most original sitcoms I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And Alicia Cuthbert was just fantastic. She was phenomenal. Like, she was basically... She was She was cute. No, but she was cute. Worker. She was all right. She was actually yeah. one, my least favorite character on the show. Really? The, yeah, um, really. The smoking hot girl was the one married to Damon Wayans Jr. Her sister. Yes. 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 And I thought she was funnier. But it just got in that last season where, like, Damon Wayans Jr. and everybody, you know, Penny, they're all talking in a way that is just, like, so... Like, it's like Valley Girl on crack, and they're <laughs> putting ish on the end of words. And I just, it well, got me, so annoying, I couldn't take it. Let me let me offer this, and, and I'll just kind of repeat it for you. I said this before. Uh, we were talking about the difference, why I like New Girl better than Happy Endings. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I loved Happy Endings. But uh, I compared them to Friends and Seinfeld, whereas Friends, uh, we loved, and we loved, even though it wasn't as funny as Seinfeld, we loved Friends because we could relate to the characters. Now, I can relate to the characters on New Girl. They could be my friends. Happy Endings was brilliant, but they were horrible people. Yeah. They were horrible people. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? So so I can see I, people, that turning people off because they're, they're not good people. I would say go, calling Happy Endings brilliant... I don't know if that's the word I'd use. I, it, was, it was definitely a better... Ver- I hated Friends... Never thought that show was good. But Happy Endings, I liked. I thought it was, they were bizarre in a good way. You know, where, and it is very comparable to New Girl. I mean, heck, even Coach from New Girl ended up uh, going on Happy Endings, and now he's back on New Girl. So there is a lot of crossover. But New Girl is just better written. And, you know, we went back, we were babysitting my new niece yesterday. And my sister only has Netflix, and so I decided to sit there and, and watch New Girl over. 
And we turned on the first season, and it just was laugh out loud funny. My mom, my my wife, and I were just sitting there laughing. I think even my month old niece giggled a couple times. <laughs> and it's just very well written. It's very well done. It's quirky. It does have that douchebag element that mm-hmm. that happy endings did, but they have a douchebag jar. Yeah, you know they point that stuff out and they make fun <laughs> of it. So, it, it dude, happy endings. It was like every character was Schmidt. You know, there wasn't a CC to balance it out. Wow, that's I can I can see that. Yeah, yeah. But I I, still I mean that's kind of my argument. But I I did like it. I mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. It was funny to laugh at them. Um, they I guess <laughs> this sounds so freaking conceited, but I guess I appreciate when a show can be funnier than something I can come up with. And I could not have come up with happy endings. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. New Girl, New Girl is a fantastic show, and the story is better. But I feel like I could write those jokes. Right, I, I see what you mean, definitely. Um, and I agree. Um, but uh, uh, real quick, when we're talking about douche, douchifying show, douchifying uh, uh, words and everything in a show, that reminds me of the one as opposed to the the trivialification of a character. <laughs> right. Um, that reminds me of the league on FX or FXX now, but, Mm -hmm. uh, that just reminds me that I can't really watch it. I don't really watch it that much anymore because it seemed like every episode was kind of built around a new concept or a new like thing that they had to have a really clever name for like vinegar squirts or Eskimo brothers or any of the other words. I think there was something for putting a, like a shelf to have your iPad put on when you go into a public restroom so it doesn't have <laughs> to smell like or something just really off the wall like that. And it was just like and I understand that that shows partially improvised, but it's like you know, yes and some things. Don't just Yeah, yeah. Don't just, you know, focus on one thing. But I've never watched that show and I've thought about it. Should I even give it a chance? Um are you a fan of It's Always Sunny? You know, that's another show that I really want to watch, and I've watched a couple episodes, and I'm like, all right, I just need to start this at some point and watch it for a weekend, and then I'll think it's hilarious, because it has my weird sense of humor, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not into it. Okay. Um, If you had to pick between either one of those, I would pick It's Always Sunny. The League is funny, and The League is fun, but it's also just, it's, if it, if It's Always Sunny didn't exist, The League would be better. But the league is kind of riding the coattails of It's Always Sunny by playing these kind mm. of, kind of these, these kind of dark characters, kind of, uh, anti-hero character kind of things, I guess, um, mm. that are kind of just not really that likable, but they're funny. Uh, Do you guys watch Legit? Speaking of FXX? No, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Oh, it is, <laughs> uh, it is based on the life of a comedian and his name is Jim Jeffries. Okay, and he's yeah. he's probably one of the biggest stand-ups in the world uh, because of Australia and Britain. And it has the kid from uh, Road Trip, DJ Qualls. Oh, okay. And and he plays a kid in a wheelchair. Huh. <laughs> and it's like it's just it's one of the most obscene, inappropriate, <laughs> you know, shows that is on basic cable, and, and it's. It's just funny. It's well written. It's hilarious, and some of the stuff you you who were we talking about earlier? Where it's like, all right, well, this is I laugh at Michael J. Fox the jokes with Parkinson's, 
Right. Well, the yeah. DJ Paul character who is in, in the wheelchair, and I forget what he has. I think it's MS. Or, and the jokes that they use at that expense is it's hilarious. And DJ Qualls kind of plays it like, no, I have, you know, he just, he just goes above and beyond and really over the top with the character. And it's really funny. It's a great show. Nice. Hmm. Okay. Huh. Awesome. So that's legit. Legit. Nice. Off to check that out. Um, well, we're running kind of a little, little heavy. So why don't we transition to potpourri? Do you guys want to do that? Let's do it. All right. Mike, do you want to bring us in? That sounds good. Uh, well, we've come to the end of our episode, uh, but of course we can't leave without uh, making the room smell nice. Then we're going to talk about potpourri, where we talk about anything we want to talk about, what we've seen, what we're about to see, uh, what we cannot wait to see, or something that really just rubbed us the wrong way. Uh, we're, of course, joined by Chris Spangle. So, Chris, what are you looking forward to seeing, uh, or what have you just recently watched that you'd like to talk about? Now, this doesn't have to be uh, TV. It could be a movie, TV, anything. Yeah, I uh, I saw a scene from Django Unchained at some point in the last couple months, and it was the bag scene where the the eye holes in the bag didn't really work. And these the clan members are going to go after Django. And yeah. it just, it it was so over the top and ridiculous and inappropriate that I just died laughing. I mean, if you can't tell my sense of humor, it, the more inappropriate, the better. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, I've got to see this movie. So I rented it. I watched that today, actually. It was a great movie. And I love this new genre that Quentin Tarantino seems to be spearheading of revenge porn. Yeah. <laughs> he's going after uh-huh. the Nazis and the Klan and slave owners. I mean, Django Unchained was one of the best westerns I think I've ever seen. You know, yeah, it was it just was, it was. There were a couple of really funny parts. It was uh, in, engaging, and you really rooted for a good outcome. And you mostly, mm-hmm. you, you just go see it if you haven't seen it. Rent it. It's it's really funny. But man, I don't really know how much blood is in the human body. But I think they multiplied that by 11 every time someone got shot with these shotguns that apparently have the power of, like, hand cannons. <laughs> yeah. The guns in that movie all seem to be really, really powerful. So it is very bloody. It's not something that you probably want to show to your 7-year-old. Absolutely. No. <laughs> Maybe what's an SNL skit in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, wait till they're 9 or 10 yeah. before you sit down and show them to Chingo and Chingo. So you're saying that you didn't show it to your new niece, Spangle? No, no. She's one month old, and <laughs> she she probably wouldn't have processed it. Right. But. Although, who knows? Maybe all the blood would, like, it would be kind of help with sense, <laughs> senses or sensory or whatever. I don't want to be responsible for the first female serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, Mike, how about you? Was- what have, uh, what's your... Yeah, um, I went to the my weekly theater viewing, uh, and we saw Thor: The Dark World. Oh, I just saw that the other day with uh, with Tiny, who was unfortunately not here. But uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, you know, it was okay. I I really liked it a lot better than the first one. Uh, as big a Marvel fan as I am, as big a comic book fan as I am, I just don't get Thor. Uh, I never did. I I don't understand. Um. 
I, I don't understand how mythology characters can be real things. And so now there is this, and how is this not upsetting uh, Christianity and, and all these religions? I, I, I never understood the character of Thor in the comics. I, I guess he's almost kind of part alien. Um, but, any, but anyway, uh, the movie itself was actually pretty entertaining. I, I really thought the first one was burdened by um, exposition and origin story, which which was kind of unfortunate for it. Um, but this was my favorite Thor outing uh, of them all. I really liked the idea that it was it was kind of like an arc of a comic book. Um, the the dark elves storyline was was simple. It felt one off. While at the end, uh, the consequent the consequences were great. I liked that it felt very contained. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I I almost want to say better than Iron Man three, uh, in that it it felt very comic booky, and and that's kind of what I'm looking for anymore. Now that so many of these movies we've seen have kind of gotten the origin stories out of the way, I'm really looking for a comic book movie to rise up and show me a really cool comic book story that is not um they're not worried about so much what's coming next. They they kind of just want to tell a really cool story, a fun story. Um, I thought Natalie Portman was a little unnecessary. Kat Dennings was in it, so that automatically <laughs> drops the movie down a few pegs. Don't we uh, all a little unnecessary? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but it was good. It was it was a fun watch. I enjoyed it, enjoyed it more than the first one, uh, but it didn't change how I feel about Thor. Yeah. I I was kind of I don't know. I, to preface this, I was very tired. Like I was like you can ask Tiny next time, or anyone listening, you can you can tweet Tiny about this. But I was falling asleep like in the in my chair, like right next to him, because I'd been awake all day and all that. But um, I thought it was okay. Um, I definitely would not say it was better than Iron Man three. But I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Uh, I'm not going into these movies looking for the same thing that you are. Like I liked Iron Man yeah. three. Yeah, like I liked Iron Man three because it felt like it felt like an. It felt like an Iron Man movie if Iron Man were like a secret agent or a spy or something. It felt yeah. like a spy movie. Um, kind of like James Bond if James Bond had, um, a, a, an Iron Man suit. But, so I loved that. And then in Thor, it kind of, I don't know, I felt like, I felt like the main villain wasn't really that well developed. Like it was kind of like, here are the dark elves. This is, they want this ether. Let's go blow yeah. some stuff up. I will say I was confused by how technologically advanced these Stark Elves were, uh, and they had been dormant for thousands of years. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay that they are more technologically advanced than Earthlings. Sure. However, the Asgardians were able to defeat these Stark Elves a couple thousand years ago using whatever technology that they had. In these couple thousand years while the Dark Elves were dormant, didn't the Asgardians prepare for mm, perhaps an attack <laughs> as strong or stronger than the one they got from the Dark Elves a couple thousand years ago and be ready for Dark Elves a couple thousand years later? Yeah. Uh, yep. It was, I don't know, maybe I'll like it more on the second viewing, but I, I go back and forth with whether or not I liked it more than I liked the original Thor. Cause the original Thor was probably the weak link of the, of phase one of the, oh, absolutely. For, for me, it is yeah. without a doubt the weak link. It grows with each viewing because it, it the comic relief, I, I like it a lot. Um, mm. but the comic relief in this movie was kind of, it was, it was, 
it didn't feel as as organic as as in the first one. It felt like like Kat Dennings, everything she said was like, okay, let's let's have her say the silliest thing that she can say. Um, yeah, I did like the Loki jokes. Yeah, he was awesome. He was good. Um, yeah, Spangle, how about you? Do you how do you feel about Thor? Yeah, you know, I am not a comic book person, and that extends to a lot of the movies I've seen. I love Batman. I always have loved Batman, so I've seen all the Batman movies. But that's sort of as as deep as I get into it. And I've seen like the first Iron Man, but I, I don't. I'm not a huge movie person. Like I really don't watch a lot of movies. So if I'm gonna take the time to watch, if if let me rephrase, if I'm going to take the time to sit still for two and a half hours, which is very <laughs> rare, uh, it, I I'm a little ADD if you can't tell, but uh, I I just it's probably going to be on a comedy or an indie comedy or, uh, you know, something that makes me laugh. So right. not, not really much of a, much of a comic book movie or, or comic book character guy. So, which I know conflicts a little bit with, uh, maybe you, your show and your audience. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's all right. Different strokes. Right, right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. As, uh, as for me, I just recently watched, uh, 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 Drinking Buddies. Are you guys familiar with this movie at all? No, I've heard of it. Okay, it's a uh, incredible cast. It's got um, uh, Ron Livingston, uh, Anna Kendrick, um, uh, Olivia, Olivia Wilde, and uh, Jake Johnson from New Girl, and uh, and and Safety Not Guaranteed. But it's basically Olivia Wilde and Jake Johnson work at a uh, a brewery. And, uh, they basically, it's basically they're friends and they're, they're drinking buddies, but they each have their own significant other. And it's kind of, the whole movie is there. They're kind of flirtatious with each other, but it's, it's kind of this, it's kind of this indie drama comedy romance movie. But the hook of it is that the entire movie was improvised. Huh. Really? Yeah. And it's not, that's not something that I noticed or that I knew about until about, Two quarters of the way through the movie, um, and then and then or, so half. I meant two thirds. <laughs> uh, two thirds through the movie, but it, it kind of clicked when I found out. Like it, when I went in completely in the dark, thinking that there was a script, I noticed several several things. Like I noticed, like okay, they're kind of taking leaps here and there. They're kind of like okay, now they're at the brewery. Okay, now suddenly they're going away for the weekend. There was no setup for that. It was like there was. Basically, there's no bridges in 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 the narr- narrative structure, so that is kind of jarring. But knowing that it's improvised, it's basically the the actors are just playing off of their own chemistry, and they have really good chemistry. Um, so as you watch these these, these two couples um, kind of interact with each other and kind of kind of go into kind of taboo areas, um, it's it's really engaging and really interesting to watch. Um, but in, in in my my initial re- my initial reaction to like the ending, I won't spoil it or anything. But I initially thought like I kind of wish that they would have at least written an ending, um, <laughs> like end with a resolution because there wasn't really that much of a resolution to the story. But the more I thought about it, it was actually it was actually really satisfying. Um, it kind of it kind of even a little thought provoking on the characters, and that's something that I wouldn't expect to really say about a movie where. They didn't write it. It wasn't a script. 
Um, I just moved it to the top of my queue. So we all watch. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Let let me know what you think. Um, It's definitely, I don't, I don't regret watching it. It's, and I might even watch it again at some point, but it was, it was really cool. It was a, it was an interesting movie and it was directed by uh, Joe, Joe Swanberg, who it's funny because he, he directed one of the segments in the first VHS movie, which is kind of a weird thing to say about someone who went on to direct an indie rom-com kind of drama movie. But the segment that he directed was by far my least favorite one. It was the one, the, the, the Skype call one uh, from VHS, the first one, um, hmm. which I, I just, I couldn't stand that, that yeah. at all. Um, but the directing is fine. It's a little, it's a lot of handheld, camera shots and it's kind of a little shaky but i mean they needed to do that for the for the sake of the imp- improvisation and all that um but yeah i definitely recommend it you guys it's it's uh it's a, it's an interesting movie um hmm. um cool all right well i guess Good that times. about yeah i guess that about wraps it up for us um, for this chris spangled episode yes yes uh, thank it, you very much. It's been much. a periodic episode for this <laughs> one too. Have you, I, I gotta tell you, I resisted, uh, every time I, I, cause they refer to you as Spangle all the time. And right. I kept calling you Chris to just keep it in my mind that your name is not Egon Spangle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. You know, surprisingly, I have never, nobody has ever really like gone there. Like they've not made really? fun of me. Yeah, like you'd think oh, that man, I, I that thought that was an easy one. I thought that was easier <laughs> than the We Are Librarians. Yeah, no, like it, it, the people would call me Spanky, so that was like my nickname. Huh. And but nobody ever like called me Egon or anything like that, which always kind of surprised me, which I'm okay with. Right. Don't yeah. get me wrong, I'm not looking for another way to spawn <laughs> me. I have enough. But yeah, that nobody ever really you're the first one. Congratulations. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am the best Ghostbusters fan ever. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, really, it was a it was a pleasure podcasting yeah. with you. Chris. Thank you this very much, fun. and of yeah, course, you're thank you guys back for having me on. It's it's been a lot of fun. And of course, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, thanks. I know I've thanked you many times for this, but yeah. thanks again for hooking us well, up. Listen, it's really a big good. deal when you have a D list podcast celebrity, a libertarian <laughs> podcast celebrity on on your show. So yeah, I get great. it. So we appreciate it. And uh, for our listeners, where can we find you online? Uh, you can follow me at Chris Spangle. That's C-H-R-I-S-S-P-A-N-G-L-E. Uh, or look me up on Facebook or go to We Are Libertarians and check out our podcast offerings. Awesome. Yeah, they have a wide variety of different podcasts. It's it's, uh, it's a cool network you got going there. Um, yeah. Uh, as for me, I'm Matt Hurt. You guys have been listening to me. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was a mess. But anyway, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I am uh, Mike. You've also been listening to me whenever the other two guys aren't speaking. Uh, yes. Okay. You can find me on the internet. <laughs> I'm a mess. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. I'm Matt at Obsessive Viewer. Uh, Mike is at I am Mike White. Of course, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus, all that good stuff. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you guys um, send us a uh, review and rate us on iTunes. 
Um, and also go to podcastland.com and vote for us for podcast of the month. Um, we'd really appreciate that. It's, it's, you just put in your email. They don't spam you anything like that. It's really effortless. Um, we'd really appreciate that. Um, other than that, as always, go to obsessiveviewer.com and check out the blog and all that. I, I've been needing to update it more, but we've been getting some new equipment and I've been focusing all my stuff on, all my, all my thoughts on the, on the podcast. So. Yeah, you've been shirking all your responsibilities to, uh, to Tiny and me. I, I have been. I have been. The, the ship is kind of. Almost By the way, you can read my Ender's Game adaptations <laughs> and remake article. Yes. Uh, Posted on what was that Wednesday? Uh, that was Friday, or was it? I don't know. Thursday. Friday, Thursday. Yeah. Anyway, I had a good time writing it. Yeah, it was, fun. it was a good one. It was a good one. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So uh, that about does it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, guys, very much. Hey, guys, it's Tiny again. Uh, I just wanted to do a little outro here since I had to miss the episode. Uh, I still had some stuff I wanted to talk about, so I figured I would throw in my potpourri entry at the end. Um, what I wanted to talk about this week, uh, I always like to bring up The Daily Show every once in a while. It is my favorite show. I look forward to watching it all the time. It's interesting and hilarious at the same time. Um, and what they've been doing lately, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the way I understand it, they kind of lost a sponsorship that they had with uh, Arby's. And um, it wasn't due to any kind of, um, I don't know, problem that they had or anything. I guess it was just Arby's just kind of canceled the the sponsorship. And so they they didn't take it real well at the Daily Show. And for some reason, I mean, obviously they have a reason, but they've just been, they, they just dug into Arby's relentlessly. And it's been absolutely hilarious. Um, for example, you know, they like to, come up with these segments that have to do with crazy news and they'll say this segment is brought to you by Arby's as in well I guess everything else is closed it's just so funny uh you know this episode brought to you by Arby's as in well diarrhea isn't that bad so it's it's just been so funny that they've been doing that um and then I think earlier this week uh John Stewart went on a tirade about uh, Chicago deep dish pizza versus New York style pizza that was just so funny. Any anytime John Stewart goes into an impression of like a like a cheesy New York accent, it's just golden comedy. It's so funny. Uh and he he, he definitely took his time with it too. It was it was really funny. Um so I always I always tell people they should watch the Daily Show, even if you don't like politics, uh because basically they just spend time making fun of politics. And you'll always learn something. It's it's a really fun show. Uh, I highly recommend it. So don't worry. Uh, Spangle has not stolen my job or anything. If he tries, he and I will have a fight to the death, and I will win. <laughs> but no, uh, I'm glad he joined us. Uh, it, I'm sure it was a ton of fun. I've hung out with him several times. He's an awesome guy. So I hope you guys liked the episode. Uh, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Welcome to the latest episode of, uh, I almost said we are libertarians. <laughs> uh, okay. <clears throat>